0: Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm
1: Lee. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam.
0: And we are joined this evening by star of the Moss Isley Happy Hour, Wesley. Hey. Who are you? Hey. Right.
2: Thank
3: Back you. by
0: popular demand again.
3: In, in Who many ways. That then? Very popular demand. <laughs>
0: it's,
3: technically, it's a crossover episode. Because oh. <laughs> we've got all, all of half the Moss happy hour on here, so it's like you know, it's
0: just <laughs> yeah, it has to try not to start forgetting and slipping into Star Wars talk the way that yeah. in Star Wars we keep slipping into everything.
1: Oh, well, well, there is a little bit of Star Wars in this.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, is I'm trying to think. We'll see what he brings up.
1: I, I can I can see Star Wars in anything, it's fine. But this is true, <laughs> yeah. I saw the Millennium Falcon, didn't you see it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you watch the special edition Village of the Dam, where George
3: Lucas has
2: got hold of?
3: He's got hold of a load of films that are just coming out of
0: their um, copyright,
3: and he's just like yeah, adding it's, bits it's in. That, have, a, a, have robot a robot a that walks down some stairs,
0: just whacking e. in, in his ev- in everything, really. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. do? <laughs> um, so uh before we get into that, as we're obviously all champing at the bit to get talking about it, um Wesley, have you seen anything horror-related yeah. recently which you would like to discuss? Um, I've been watching quite a few
2: little bits and pieces. Uh, feels, I saw Youngs ago, um The Wasp Woman, Roger Corman. Ah, uh, I've never episode. seen
0: public name, isn't it?
2: Yeah. It's yeah, very I've Roger never Corman. Seen it. It's very Roger um, Corman. <laughs> it's on YouTube. So, um, oh. the, the earth dies screaming.
1: Wait, what is very, what is very Roger Corman? Oh, we haven't uh, shown Chris what, what,
0: enough Roger what, what, Corman.
1: I, I, I can't remember. What have we seen?
3: We've only seen... We saw um, uh, Tales of Terror, mm-hmm. which was uh, the, from the Edgar Allan Poe, uh, Vincent yeah. Price films. So but I, I think that might be the only one we've shown you and it doesn't mm. doesn't quite give you a fair doesn't give you quite a fair thing because they're pretty well done.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: Or or they have they they work on a basis of stuff that had a well thought out plot or <laughs> or incidents or wasn't just are you high? which is how sometimes you have to greet some of his more contemporary based (laughs) stuff.
1: Well, Well, this is saying sci fi horror. Is that, yeah?
0: Yeah.
3: The Wasp Woman is, yeah. You know, the irony is about the Wasp uh, Woman. It's a B movie.
2: Sorry. (laughs) She she wants to regain her youth, so she finds a scientist Mm. who can use uh, the. um, Oh, like the royal jelly, but royal jelly from wasps, mm. if such a thing mm. exists. And he turns that into a serum so she can get younger. But, you know, the title kind of gives away the it's rest of way. it. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and just, yeah,
3: actually thinking about it, Chris, that's probably a good way of spotting a Roger Corman is mm. David Cronenberg didn't remake it in the 80s. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs>
3: I don't think there might have been as much to work with as, say, The Fly, which is still, yeah. you know, a big bughead in a white coat. still fun. <laughs> so.
0: uh, anything else, Wes?
2: Uh, just the TV series Ace of Wands. I finally finished Ooh, the only yes. series of that that exists. Good. Think of it like is Jonathan Creek.
0: Oh, I love Jonathan Creek. Anything close to Jonathan Creek, I will be all up in that.
3: Actually, Wes, I think you've hit upon yeah. exactly the best description there of what Ace of Wands is. Ace of Wands, because it it's, ba- it? it's, basi- <laughs> it's basically Jonathan Creep via Rent-A-Ghost. <gasps> <Yeah. laughs> because it's that what? sort of...
2: More yeah. adult-looking than Rent-A-Ghost.
3: Yeah, definitely. But, it's, but also, you've got a lot of flamboyantly dressed people. I'm writing um, this
0: down right now.
3: Yeah. I think you, I think you excited. might. I think you'll like Ace of Wands. One of the best episodes, because the trouble is it's with, I think um, it's weird because it's ITV. but yeah, they, ten, yeah, but they destroyed most of the episodes. Like they well, wiped they most
2: totally of the episodes. They destroyed one and two. Yeah. So, the series
3: only, the so Series 3 is the only one that's left and it's unfortunate because Series 3 does, it's the usual story where loads of people are like, oh yeah well Series 3 wasn't all that you know, Series 1 and 2 are where it's at and it's like, just because you've seen them you prick don't be an
2: ass, <laughs> Mr Stabs.
3: that is the one thing I'm missing because it's written, one of the main guys who writes for it is PJ Hammond who also wrote Sapphire and Steel and Sapphire and Steel is so fucking odd yeah. and and weird and spooky spooky yeah and in a, in a yeah, in of,
2: james kind of way Ooh. Mm. Ooh. sapphire steel
3: list. is sapphire steel definitely i mean even to the point where i i mean i suppose you'd have to do because the good thing is there were six adventures with sapphire steel that were multiple episodes. So you had like six parts or four parts or whatever like that. Yeah. And I suppose if we were to do anything, we do. It, we should watch number four because they don't really, the series don't really relate across to each other. They're like a yeah. brand new thing. And what you learn of what who Sapphire and Steel are is the same from the very first episodes to the very end. You okay. never find out what the fuck they are, but they're basically time detectives. But they're not human, yeah. and they have weird powers. But um, yeah. yeah, and I think
2: if, I think Adventure Two is my favourite with the the underground and the ghosts. oh the railway station. Yeah, yeah
3: with a haunted railway station that is brilliant. Yeah, but I think <laughs> if we would if we were to do it on here, we'd have to do a short one, and I'd say Adventure Four with the
2: yeah.
3: Uh, because basically, the enemy in Sapphire and Steel is time, and time breaks through into our t- into our dimension essentially, and starts taking people and fucking with things, and causing anomalies. And it's basically they they turn up almost like they're going to put up a bit of chipboard on the dimension <laughs> to like <laughs> stop time leaking in, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's a very it was a really strange uh, show and definitely worth checking out. But Ace Ace of Wands. Yeah. They, they have had episodes written by the guy who wrote that. And is he the one who writes the one with Brian Wilde? Like um, Uh. Baraclough from Porridge. There's, there's. Mm,
2: I don't think he wrote that one. I think that was actually the actual series founder that wrote that. Oh, that's, that might be what I'm thinking of. J. Hammond yeah, that... wrote the last one. Ah, oh, right. OK. The Beautiful but, People.
3: Yeah. but the, the one with... Yeah, basically, there's one with Barraclough as a very suburban warlock.
2: <laughs>
3: who they have to defeat. And, yeah, he's just so good at it because he's basically somewhere between Mr. Bean and Alistair Crowley. is just this yeah. sort of very, very dull, ordinary man, but he also has these inc- this incredible mystical powers.
2: <laughs> so... He's the ultimate Darren Brown, isn't he? Because he can put mm. images into people's minds via suggestion. And he pays mm. his landlady with bits of newspaper instead of money, and she accepts yeah. it. because He's told her that's what it,
0: you know, it's actually cash. Sapphire and Steel assignments one to three, ordered and en route to my house.
3: Oh, nice. Yes, yeah, so the first one, the first one is no, not necessarily slow going, but it takes a bit of time. But never at any point feel you're missing out something because, like I say, you never find out really what Sapphire and Steel are or really what the problem is. But they sort of managed to, they do it in such a really interesting way because it's basically, they go and investigate hauntings, but hauntings aren't what we think they are. It's time breaking through reality and fucking things up.
2: Well, really, Adventure 1's quite good from a, well, it's it's kind of like the stone tape, really, when you think about it, the conclusion to it. It follows
3: in that sort of sense, yeah. But then definitely, like, the second one, like you say, that's that's like an M.R. James story almost, mm.
2: but modern. And, of course, the last one, which we cannot speak of, because it's got a really good twist.
0: Oh, yeah. right. Well, but I, again... again. And Ace of Wands also I shall be looking up. That's, yeah, very expensive, but I shall, <laughs> I shall purchase it. Oh, nonetheless. Cool. Excellent. Um, Chris have you watched anything
1: I, we've we're still been trying to catch up with all of the Marvel so we've now reached Captain America Civil War and mm. uh, it, I, I like the idea we're about we're sort of two thirds way through and I think it is interesting that they are covering the fact that in all the previous films there's been a massive amount of damage and destruction caused to most of the world and now they're sort of, uh, you know, suggesting you should be a little more careful about killing all these innocent people. So I, I kind of like that idea and the fact that it causes a rift where like that. The fact is they probably are the, the people who should be in charge, hmm. but equally they do need to keep the rest of humanity on the side. So I think it's kind of an interesting dilemma if, if I was a superhero, probably have that debate at some point i'm um, sure you would chris of all the people i, would. I, know, <laughs> I know would be that the one is... who'd be
0: well i could save the world but it would mean having to destroy this lovely old victorian chair um and i think that chair has every but as much right to exist <laughs> no hold,
1: on. hold on. i'm pretty sure it'd be you saving the victorian chair <laughs> yeah that's true i don't think i could care less about victorian chairs <laughs> <laughs> it's like but the the balance of reality depends on it. Yeah, but it
3: looks so good against the fireplace.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I might,
1: I might can, have a little concern about wiping out another alien race. You know, that'd be where I'd say,
0: hold
3: on. Personally, it? Chris, if there's any superhero you've ever reminded me of, it's Doctor Manhattan Ooh. from uh, Watchmen. I think that that yeah. definitely feels the, where it's just well, I, I, I know what's going to happen, so everything's become pointless, is not it, really? You know? Just, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I could do that. Well, it's set up, we're supposed to fall in love, but, yeah, I know that you betray me,
1: so, yeah. But, well, we'll have to do it because it's
3: happening, isn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> See,
1: in my mind, I always wanted to be Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. Obviously, uh, I'm not quite living up to that,
0: but
1: there's time yet. Yeah. Unless you've seen the future.
0: Well, <laughs> don't want to give anything away.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so um, so hopefully I will. We will finish watching the rest of these before too long.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I say, and then, uh, with the exception of the odd one and two, which blip out a bit because they seem to be a little bit lighter on the comedy. Um, mm,
1: well, yeah, this this. Has been a a Civil liable, War is kinda. a little
0: bit left but again because they up the action in it, it kind of mm. keeps it as entertaining but some of them just fell a little flat for me but again I mean a flat Marvel movie is still a great movie compared to so much other stuff that's out there mm. so I, I think every Civil one of them well.
2: Civil War was a better comic because it's mm. there's more epic scale to it and there's more story behind you know, the reason why they're having to do this.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's more development, but I can imagine if they go in more detail, that'd be good.
3: It struck me, I mean, I've not seen it, but it seemed to be that it was kind of like, there's certain ones within the, uh, within the, the sequence where they link much more to the overall yeah. arching mm-hmm. story of like the Avengers sort of... Uh, Story. Mm. And that seemed to be one of those because it was like Captain America Civil War. And I looked at the post and it was like,
2: that's the fucking Avengers. That's everyone.
3: All of
1: it? them, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, it had Spider-Man in it, and he's my favourite, and so I loved mm. it.
0: He was very good in that as well. That I think that was the first time they introduced him into the into the, mm. the MCU. Marvel, yeah. Um, yeah, and it was Spider-Man. Really he is mm. very good. I've got to say, I just yes. uh, watched Homecoming recently. Um, yeah, and was uh, amazed at how much I liked it. I was, I was like, why have I not watched this? It's been out two years. <laughs> and I only just got off my ass and watched it because I thought it was going to be crap. Sure. That's exactly
1: what Adam's going to say when he watches Guardians.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Me and Sam went to the pictures, right? And then as, as the film starts, you've got that big orchestral version of the 60s cartoon theme. You know, that da 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 yeah. da. da. Soon as that happened, I had tingles running all up my spine, and Sam said I had a mm-hmm. massive grin like a Cheshire cat. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wondered where you were going with that. Glad it was a grin.
2: Yeah. Like, like that moment we had Ed when we watched the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And they never had the theme tune until quarter of the way in. Oh and yeah. It came up. And that was just like, wow, this is brilliant. Yeah, that <laughs> that was the that was the point where we had to peer around
3: our own hard-ons. um
0: on that note adam what have you been watching
3: well past my penis i've been i've 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 been i've been listening and i have been i have been uh watching so i'm going to do the listening first because there's going to be some discussion with it in fact that may be something anyway come to that um Right. Um so I mentioned a of Albion uh, on our last episode. Yeah. Um they very kindly gave us a shout out uh, well, Richard Daniels and um and I forgot to mention Melody Clark who does all the artwork
0: oh. for it. Yeah. Um
3: and um yeah, they've uh, they gave us a shout out on Instagram, so thank you oh, for that. That was really awesome. sweet. Yeah, and um but so I've moved on uh, to their podcast, which he, if you put because it, it's under because uh, Rich Daniels runs a thing called Plastic Press, and I think it's under that. But if you search, the good thing is, is Occultaria of Albion is fairly unique. So if you search yeah. that through your podcast, you find it. And as part of his overall podcast, he's done four episodes. Um, of just him being called out to various uh, strange happenings and it's brilliant and it's fucking hilarious as well. It is just so good. And I mean, I had to play Claire a bit of it because they had one where he's talking about because obviously it's all sort of fictional um, occurrences and yeah. things that he goes and investigates yeah. and everything within the, within the podcast. And um yeah there's the what's the church of zubik and it's sort of like a bit like the oto and um church of thelema that sort of thing but also like scientology they use bullying tactics if you cross them and mm. there's just one sequence where it's just someone ringing him up and it's like i was bombarded i was bombarded with phone call with a series of insulting phone calls some of which I recorded, and it's just this bloke ringing up, and it's just it's like you wanker, you knob jockey, <laughs> you khaki fingered shit witch. <laughs> and what was it? And, and just with a blip with the cut, with the phone being put down in between each one. But and then there's like I've got pictures of your mother. <laughs> uh, sorry, I meant I've got pictures of your mother in the bath. <laughs> and just yeah, but overall yeah they're just it's just really um yeah definitely worth a listen also and this was actually something i I was listening to a while back and totally forgot that i'd been listening to it and there's a podcast called the sink and it's uh bbc sounds and it's got um the the full title is the sink a sleeper aid and it's meant to be a therapist talking you through a series of Hypnagogic states to um, calm your nerves and, t- and free you of your anxieties, but they're all really dark and weird and funny. And um, it's written by Natasha uh, Natasha Hodgson. Hello, Hodg- uh, Natasha Hodgson, and um, uh, the presenters Alice Lowe oh nice And um, but yeah and it's just again it's very it's really weird really fucking dark and it has a genuine level of creepiness to it which is sort of impressive Um, but it basically almost feels like Blue Jam the old mm. sketch show that Chris Morris did where it's that sort of thing of little weird strange vignettes but they all weave into each other um and yeah, there's stuff like two blokes talking about, yeah, you remember, you know, what I was dreaming about last night, what's that? Do you know if, do you remember when the owl when the birdman came to school? Oh yeah, we had a birdman come to our school, yeah. And it's really good, wasn't it? Yeah, I loved it, yeah. And then and then you turn around and you realize that he weren't a man at all, he was a bird, wasn't he? Yeah. And and we were birds, weren't we? We were all birds. And then Alice Lowe comes in. Sorry, you shouldn't be thinking about that. Let's move on to another feeling. And and just these really sort of creepy little, creepy and funny at the same time, which is, yeah, just good. So I definitely recommend have a listen to that. They're pretty complimentary of each other, those two, to be honest. Um, Then I watched a film that is a Shudder exclusive called The Power. Um, which rather annoyingly is a film called The Power, which I've now found out there's about 18 other films called The Power. At least two of those other ones are also horror films. Oh, God. And rather unfortunately, this one was made this year, but so was another one that's been a big hit in India. And it's so, yeah, it's... But, yeah, basically, if you go on Shudder and look for The Power... And it's um, yeah, pretty, it's a pretty good story. Um, basically, it's a nurse starts working in a London hospital, but it's set in '73, so it's just around the time that they're doing the three-day week, and you are getting the blackouts every like uh, as a as a scheduled thing, as was going on in Britain at the time. Mm. And it's which is just a great thing to use for a horror film, anyway. Because it's like, oh right, why are you walking around in the dark? Oh yeah, because we we had power cuts. Then they would just be like London would inter- like London and England would intermittently just black out and have sort of nights where it's like, right Wednesday night, I'm afraid this your town doesn't get any power that night, so make sure you've got candles. Which is just unbelievable, you know. But yeah. it's, it happened, um, and basically she goes to work in a hospital where she becomes embroiled in a haunting slash possession. And I really liked it. I think it was really nicely. I think it was really well done. The the reason I watched it is because the soundtrack was by Gazelle twin and Gazelle twin. I am is a musician I'm obsessed with anyway. She's brilliant. Um, So the soundtrack's really great, the sound design on it. Overall, like, the look of it and the acting was really good. The only thing I would say is that towards the end of it, it became... I don't know, it's not not heavy-handed, but it just lost a lot of subtlety Mm. just towards the end in a weird way. But still was, you know, still definitely worth a watch. But it's um, also just... um, it's it's basically it's the idea of um, it's these kids on a children the the, the the haunting is taking place on a children's ward and it's a kid who's been abused and then murdered by someone in the hospital and the uh, the way they do it is really interesting is because when uh, the new nurse starts experiencing things and everything else like that. She is sort of sat down by colleagues, and they're sort of like, Well, did it really happen, or was it in your imagination, or anything? And they sort of equate the two things of when people are sort of gaslit out of, No, I was, you know, that person touched me up, or that person did it really happen? Was it could it, have, could it have been in your head? Yeah, and it's sort of, yeah. And so it has an interesting, you know, it's definitely definitely worth a watch. As I say, I think it lost a bit towards the end in that it just lost a bit of subtlety. But then I also liked it because there was a lot of implication rather than out and out saying things or showing things. You got, yeah. my, you got the point without having to get sort of grotesque about it in a way. So, yeah, that's definitely worth a watch. Um, directed by uh, Karina F- uh, Faith. And then... Right, and I'd completely forgot about this when we were discussing things earlier, but I might even put this in as a recommendation as something that we watch for the next fucking episode. Oh, right. Um I watched Psycho Goreman. Um, okay. Directed by Stephen Kostansky, who did The Void. And it's mm-hmm. basically... It's a absolute love letter to kids' monster movies, in a way. Basically, you've got these two kids, brother and his younger sister. The younger sister is a total sociopath and basically <laughs> beats up her brother and is a fucking lunatic. Um, and then one day they dig up in their back garden a glowing crystal that turns out to be the control mechanism for a intergalactic warlord who was buried on earth millions of years ago. And he comes out and basically is a proper, I lay waste to millions sort of <laughs> villain. And, um, but yeah, he's basically controlled by a, a psycho 12 year old and has to go and just basically, yes, yeah, but he, um, yeah. Yeah. The practical effects are amazing. You get some brilliant sort of... They put so much work into the backstory of the of the alien. So you get to see sort of loads of other creatures that are part of his... What is it? The, he started a thing called the Pantheon of, of Obsidian. And then basically six monsters turn up and they're all in the sort of Japanese... Power Rangers, sort of thing of really weird, wobbly, practical monsters. I mean, there's 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 one guy. There, I mean, there's basically there's one who looks like a rat. There's a uh, uh, there's a combative, uh, supposedly heroic race who battled Psycho Goreman, who are a bunch of mechanical
0: angels. Should we should we do this as the next thing then? Because I think I think I've... we should. But what I would say is, to anybody out there who hasn't seen it, who is tempted, don't watch the trailer. Because Mm. the reason I didn't get all the way through it was, I watched the trailer, then I watched 45 minutes of it, and I was like, this is the trailer with other bits in between that are less good than the stuff they put in the trailer. So do yourself a favour, don't spoil it by watching the trailer. Um, Yeah, and I'll give it another go and see if I can make it to the end this time.
3: Oh, so you've you've checked it out then?
0: Yes, uh, I saw the first half. um, But as I say, the problem was all the funny bits were the bits that I'd liked Mm. from the trailer. So I was like, I'm just getting the longer version, really, like the editor's cut. But yeah. Lee, I I hated the first half. I didn't want to finish it. And I really liked the first half after watching the second half. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Thank you for that's chiming the, in. That is really That's the scientific right?
3: advisor coming in there. <laughs> and he has fallen
1: and to that problem in the past.
3: I think, well, I think the one thing I would say is, and this is, I can't, I can't remember, this might have been, I might have heard it on video Namaste, I'm not sure, but it, I'm pretty sure it's in a Scottish accent that I remember hearing this. Um, but basically someone said, the difference between the Monster Squad and Goonies is Goonies is kids written for how your mum and dad want you to be as kids, whereas (laughs) Monster Squad is how you actually are as kids when you're not around your parents. Yes, yes. (laughs) And I would say that Psycho Goreman definitely comes into that category. And yeah, they do sort of top load it a bit, don't they? I think that basically you get the early part and it's okay and then it really picks up the more that the family are involved, which again, it feels like some it, it's incredibly like a sort of anti-Spielberg movie, but how a Spielberg movie would be, in that it's like the family all getting together and everything else like that, but it just certainly it doesn't have any of the sentimentality that can creep into that. And I think the fa- the family do retain the thing of, oh no, we haven't learnt the big lesson, and we all do actually genuinely love each other. It's like no, we do of course we fucking love each other, but you're all cunts.
0: So <laughs> cool. Yeah. Right, well, okay. Let's yeah, let's give that a go then and do that as the next film. Excellent. I also
3: really want to see Chris's take on it as well, because I think, mm-hmm. yeah. I th- I think I think there is a lot to enjoy there. And uh
0: um,
1: sounds like it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Um, so I have not seen anything new, but I have gone back and re watched a couple of films. Uh, so last weekend I watched back to back Wolf Cop and another Wolf Cop. Um, for anyone who is unaware, Wolf Cop was made by the. Uh, it was one of those like it was sponsored by the Canadian National Lottery, I think it is, or it's <clears> um, it's funded by the Canadian government. Um, and ultimately, they had a competition uh, uh, and opened it up for people to make trailers. And whoever made the best trailer, they gave a million dollars to to make a film. And the film that came out of it is Wolf Cop.
2: Oh, Um,
3: like Hobo with a Shotgun, where they did the thing, didn't
0: they? Yeah. Yeah, and Wolf Cop is absolutely brilliant and ludicrous. It's every bit as stupid as it sounds. Uh, It's not a spoiler to tell you that it's the first time I've ever seen a werewolf uh, change on screen where the werewolf changes dick first. Um <laughs> he's at a urinal mid piss when he changes for the first time and he yeah, he gets a wolf penis before the rest of him follows. It's uh oh no, he's that with
3: his
0: lipstick out in the, in the <laughs> oh, no. So that'll give you a rough idea of what you're in for. Um I love yeah,
3: the uh, dick dick first just sounds like
0: Stuntman. <laughs> man. <laughs> But yeah, it's really good. It's well worth checking out. Um, and the second one uh, was so good that Kevin Smith wanted to be involved, so he's got a, a part in it. Um, and it, it like it couldn't appeal to me anymore. So it's a, a second Wolf Cop movie, and it's about a guy opening a brewery slash ice hockey arena uh, <laughs> that is actually to open a gateway to uh, to let uh, demons in. So, did you just, just wish really
3: hard?
0: I, know, yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I remember saying when I first watched it, I was like, how did I not write this film? It literally has just got me written right through it like a stick of rock. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, Right so,
1: down to the penis.
0: Right down to the wolf changing hairy penis. Um, yeah, so check out Wolf Cop and another Wolf Cop because they're brilliant. Uh, I think and we've I...
3: been very, very strained in not saying Wolf Cop. <laughs>
0: yeah I think it's oh. I'm surprised they didn't make a joke about it in the thing like it's very much that sort of sense of Adam you and Wes would love it. It's got that very
2: I'm very fond of wolf yeah <laughs> I
0: like think I say it's one of those like it's we're quite, twelve it's quite I was gonna, it's quite smart, but it doesn't care <laughs> about making a childish dick joke in the middle of something yeah you know, it makes them laugh then they'll do it, and it it just works in that way uh so yeah
3: that's how I was described in Madame Tussauds, you know. Uh, reason, reasonably intelligent But not above doing a dip <laughs> I'm also making arrangements now I want to buy two race horses And call them Wolf Cop And another Wolf Cop <laughs> And going up with the final final It's another Wolf Cop Followed by <laughs> Wolf Cop
0: <laughs> Good plan But yeah, so check those out They're excellent So, without further ado We are here this evening at West's behest to cover Mm. uh, a film that I've not seen in a very long time and I'm super pleased that he chose this film actually. Uh, This is 1960s Village of the Damned. Wes, would you like to give us a quick rundown of what this movie is about?
2: Well, it's based on the book The Midwich Cuckoos by John Wyndham. It's about a small village which is taken over by an unknown presence which in a book, it's quite clear it's a UFO that lands hmm. and mm-hmm. it impregnates all the women of pregnable age. And, um, yeah, that's about it's about the outcome of that and the children that are bore of these of these women. And,
0: um, yeah, they're not what they seem. No. Well, that was very concise. Well done. I like yeah. that. Put me on the fly there. I had to think quick. <laughs> You're clearly very good at it um, So To jump over to Chris Because this is going to be Chris's first watch Chris what did you make Of Wes's choice of movie
1: Beware the stare That will paralyse the will of the world <laughs> I I did have to um, briefly turn it off When my son came in because Not because it was scary But I thought he's going to see children With way too much power This, this cannot happen <laughs> And if he learns to change his eyes so they glow, I'll be very worried. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, um, this was great. It was I loved the the build from start to finish, and it did get. I, I wasn't expecting the end. That was uh, hmm. m- like maybe maybe harsh, but um, but fair. Perhaps it was yeah. Perhaps it was Hard needed. But necessary. Yeah. <laughs> But probably, you know, this is where we could get into the debate, you know, could we have could we have helped them help us?
2: No, murder
1: them. Well, <laughs> yes. Smash
0: smashed him in but, Get in away, break his legs.
1: <laughs> now, now how, how many less children were born in the following years after this film was released? I don't know, I don't think you could stop people smutty shagging.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, no, I, do, is I, it... I do wonder if anyone came up with it in court, like, you yeah. know,
2: as as, as defence.
3: It's like, well, it's, oh, no no, it's, 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 of course it's your baby. Yes, uh,
2: no. I fell asleep. <laughs> that she was up the Duff.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that actually, that opening of everyone passed out is really mm. fucking creepy.
0: Yeah super great no
3: music movie. or anything so you just mm. get it if it fit, that's like news footage almost like it's like a documentary
1: yeah.
2: it reminds me of the opening of the earth dies screaming because that starts almost identically with people dropping down mm. at the beginning it's all very quiet you just see the train and then all of a sudden you just see people falling mm. very similar and a very same sort of time frame i think i can't, can't remember mm. what year that one came out but
1: it's, it's, it's good, like, because you know it's a mystery. That, like, right up, sort of, for the first half of the film or so, y- you don't really know what's going to be happening. Obviously, until the children start to grow up a bit, and you you can then see. But yeah, it's um, especially it's called *Village of the Damned*. Um, yeah. I was expecting perhaps more m- more obvious monsters. Um, and so yeah, it's and like- I really liked the way it unfolded.
3: Because it's it's weird, because obviously the book's called The Midwich Cuckoos,
2: Mm.
3: which possibly would not be a name that necessarily... I mean, it's it's different now, but the book was only like three years old when the film came out. Mm.
2: Mm. Yeah, the actual film rights were sold before the film was released.
3: Before the book was released, yeah.
0: Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. When, when before yeah, just before it was published, it was already optioned and, yeah. and wow. actually was meant to be made in America, but the whole virgin birth element got loads of religious groups lobbying MGM, so they thought, oh, for fuck's sake, so they just filmed it over here
0: because
3: <laughs> they couldn't be couldn't be cocked with messing around with all that. Yeah, but so, you like to yeah, rewrite the script because it's. Poofs- it's going- I think Village of the Dam does give you an expectation in a different way. Yeah. You know. So yeah. I'm not sure that... But then, I suppose, of the two, which film should we get? I mean, you don't know the title of either. Which one are we going to go and see? Village of the Damned? Or the yeah, or, yeah. We're going to go and see Village of the fucking Dam, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. So, Every
2: time. Not well, I sure bloody Hotel, son, just
3: talking it? about cuckoos. Same oh,
2: with the film yeah. Horror Hotel. That's got a... Really dramatic title and a yeah it's all right kind of title as an alternative. Yeah.
0: Yeah, is Isn't it City like, of the De- City of the Dead? Yes.
2: Something, yeah. yeah, City of the Dead and Horror Hotel.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, I'm thinking of Motel Hell. Oh, oh yeah, I that's very horror. different film.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're back to your chainsaw fights again, aren't you? You gotta think hmm. about that. I think yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, until someone comes and face me, I technically am the master. (laughs) Bring it! (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, I did have a a moment of realisation with this, and I wasn't the only one. Jennifer picked up on it as well. So it was the scene when uh, uh, when Barbara Shelley tells him that she's pregnant, and he says, can I get you a drink? Oh, no, I can't do that. Can I get you anything to eat? And she says, boiled eggs, pickles and anchovies, because that's all I've been fancying. And before I had a chance to say anything, Jennifer went, Got some bad news, Lee. You're definitely pregnant because that's all you yeah. eat at the minute. <laughs> to,
3: to be honest, this was a thing. This was a thing when Claire was pregnant, and she was like, "Like, right? So what? What you can't eat? Soft cheese. You can't eat soft cheese. Can't have a drink. Oh, what's the fucking point? <laughs> no child's worth this. What are you talking about? <laughs> so the, um, but I. That, I think, is something that because Barbara Shelley apparently said about it, and obviously the books, because I've read the book, and the book is close. They're very close in how they work, and you don't, there's not really many changes, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and I have to agree with her, when when you watch it, is Barbara Shelley actually said the one thing she found was it's somewhat misogynistic in that barely any women are actually involved in what happens yeah. like either, either the experience the like the event or indeed in any of the sort of like well what should we do about this and it's like yeah. no two old men are going to talk in a room about this yeah. and we shall determine. <laughs>
2: this is, I, is determine
3: determine exactly what's best for them I, you know, you know it's fair, the scene
1: where the woman is talking and then the guy comes yeah. out and says you know what my wife means is,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. To be fair though, that was 1960s Britain. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying it's right, but it is. It is it's showing what it was like at mm. the time.
3: It, well, I mean, this is the thing: is that it is a it's a film about. It's basically, I mean, like, the thing I like with it is it is that genre of monsters versus the British army. Yeah, but yeah, because I because I love the I love the sort of weird bits like where they're using the canary to try and ascertain where the barrier yeah, the is point. around the village that gets thrown up.
2: Like in the in the book, when they send the plane up to determine how high it is, mm-hmm. that's when they notice on the green a massive silver shiny reflective disc. Oh. Yeah. That's in the book, but that's not in the movie. So right then in the book, it's established this is off-world that yeah. we're dealing with.
3: Yeah. Because they never, they never reveal it other than that, like you say, that they, they see it on the aerial footage as yeah. they're checking up on Midwitch that they see something like a silver sphere or hexagon in the middle of the yeah. churchyard, isn't it, or something like that. Yeah. But there's no, uh, but I do love those sort of, you know, where it's like, right, this is how we work this out and everything and it's sort of trying to, Yeah, because it starts off, obviously, as a localised emergency where it's like, well, we've just got to stop people fucking going in there because someone's going to crash and fucking kill themselves. And, (laughs) you know, it's that sort of... And the fact that they're just, like, holding up signs, you know, like knocking up signs and things like that. It's like, yeah, this feels... Someone someone called John Wyndham said he wrote Cosy Catastrophes.
2: <laughs> and there is an
3: element of that where it's like, because obviously, because like he wrote uh, Day of the Triffids and Chalky and the Crack and Whites, and actually he wrote, a, sorry, Crystalline, Crystalline,
2: yeah. yeah. this sort old of domestic mutants.
3: Yeah, they're all, <laughs> and so they're all in that sort of same sort of feeling. But I mean, Day of the Triffids is does have that sort of cozy post apocalyptic feeling in the sense of, well, actually, once you get it done, it's all right, and you don't have to pay tax. It's fucking quite, you know, you just hole up in errands and fucking eat, your, eat yourself to death. It has, the, It's like a lot of them are very much like the middle bit of Day of the Dead, so, of uh, Dawn of the Dead, rather, mm-hmm. where it's just like, let's go
2: shopping. So, <laughs> it was good seeing Grouty
0: at the beginning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was great. Um, well, Peter Vaughan, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. Good. And also, the who
2: played the um, the brother-in-law, the major, he was in Forty Towers. He was the con man. In oh, yeah, he's the Lord. Was yeah. it Lord, Lord? something? I can't it? remember now, but I recognised him by the mole on the side of his face. Yeah, the
1: fact
2: uh, that he's always Edward looked like an. Edward. He's always looked like an old Michael Palin. Yeah, <laughs> Lord Melbury. <laughs> Yeah.
3: <laughs> Lord Melbury, he's also in Jason and the Argonauts, uh, Scars of Dracula, Avenger Frankenstein.
2: Ooh.
3: And, and uh, what a carve up, which I've still not watched and I really should. But I mean, it, no, it's, it's quite nice for spotting people because obviously you've got, because obviously Shia Khan is the main character. So, yeah. you know, Khan. Oh, yes. That was Claire's exact reaction. Because I'm, I'm so. Sort of, <laughs> I, I did. I did spend the whole. I did spend the whole. The poor girl. I did spend the whole of the film going. Look, you know who that is, didn't you? He's the master of the watch who died in Game of Thrones. I mean, we know yeah. but you know. Yeah. And uh, that's what and I then, did. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and they're going. You see him? That's slightly Bartfast from
0: Hitchcock. Look yeah. the the thing.
2: He was so he playing
0: quite a mess in the pit. Yeah, he's playing <laughs> one the they- minister. That, so one of Marcus. the kids, the, the main one's David, and the oh, other really? the other one who's got the, the really dark eyes, I was like, is that Bernard Breslaw as a kid? Did anyone else <laughs> that kid looked like Bernard Breslau? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, first I was like, is it Bernard Breslau's kid? And I was like, it's nineteen sixty, it he was probably about Bernard Breslaw's age, but yeah.
3: David. <laughs> <laughs> <Baby. laughs> Actually, the, the kid who plays David is also the little boy in The Innocents.
0: Yes, yeah. and he plays a very similar character. That actor mm. is fantastic at playing creepy as shit kids. He just plays a kind of creepy but menacing. Like children shouldn't be menacing; they can be creepy quite easily. But there's something about that kid where you he, like—he's a little bit too smart for his own good. The kind of kid
2: you would have tripped up in the school corridor, <laughs>
0: yeah. or nudged I, as you're going down
2: the stairs. I, th- I think, I think it's, th- I think it's the level of
3: self-possession that is intimidating. Yeah. That he only ever speaks to them as, like, either on or below his level.
0: Yeah, yeah. The way he speaks down to the adult, is quite mm. Yeah, he's, he's I like very. The way when- Barbara Shelley goes into the room,
2: and he goes, "I'm here to see Father."
0: Yeah, and, and he doesn't basic, even want to Shut, speak ma- to No, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, speak to the organ grinder, not a monkey. <laughs> and it's that very wow. cold, a uh, very cold way that he speaks to her, as as you say, Wes. Like the way that she speaks to him as a mother speaks to a child, mm. and he just doesn't comprehend their relationship all at all. He just doesn't get it, yeah. and it's. Yeah, it's fantastically acted by a kid that young. Mm. It's
2: amazing.
0: There's
2: one film in a film that puzzles me is all of those villagers, all those fathers, are quite aware of what the children can do. So they go to attack them with bushels of fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. They can what? turn shotguns on yourself, but now it's like some really nicely cut. Bushels of fire.
0: They are drunk, though, to be fair. They are all arsed in the pub when they come up with this. Yeah. I've come up with some quote-unquote brilliant schemes when I've been arsehole that are equally yeah, that as intelligent kind of, as that.
2: <laughs> I find that kind of hatred with alcohol makes you sober.
0: Yeah, yeah you're right.
2: <laughs> I mean,
3: usually it's just, yeah, we, we should make a T-shirt company. But, you know, in this case... And what was it? How what was it I referred to them? The Cuck Squad. They've been Cuck Squad has been brooding in the fucking pub <laughs> for like a year and a half. And then they're just like, right, like, fuck it. We're going to go beat up some kids.
2: Yeah. So that, that'll prove how manly we are. Yeah, come on. I'll tell, tell you what, though, Those kids, though, they're, they're not that clever because, you know, they could have just played it a little bit more subtle and they would have got away with it. But no. Yeah. That's
3: can, what can I would have done. Can I point out something that I read and it was like, bastard? <laughs> but it, 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 it was one logical flaw that they introduced that they didn't have to introduce that kind of fucks the ending.
0: Go on. And yeah. it
3: was uh, when I was reading about it, and someone did point out, but with the, you know, there's the bit with the puzzle box, the Chinese puzzle box. Yeah. And you'll see, I shared it to David. David, and now all the children can do it and someone pointed out well why didn't i only just send one kid to the lessons yeah, yeah. <laughs> like why do you have a classroom full of them if yeah. they can learn like that you don't even need to teach one
2: they went to be under his command yeah it's well,
3: so. part of that compromise isn't it but yeah
0: they, they did went. say it with the homework didn't they because they were talking to david and they said where's so-and-so and he said it's his turn to study Yes, I did like the idea that only one of them has to go and do the homework and they all know the answers. It's like, oh, you cheeky little bastards. (laughs) Um, It would have been good if it was PE, wouldn't it? I mean, look (laughs) look how many times we tried to avoid PE
2: at school. We could have just sent someone else. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I always get the short (laughs) straw? I've got a fat one. (laughs) No. Bastards. So he yes. works doubly hard, the chunky kid, right? And then we all end up extra slim because yeah. we restarted lower. So, yes, sir, I'd have seen it. So, so, what you're
3: saying is that they've missed the opportunity and I don't know, because obviously this was remade by John Carpenter. I held my hands mm. up and I, re- I will return my badge to the fan club in the morning. I've never seen it. Um, basically because oh, I-, I love the original.
0: <laughs> I bought it. I watched it. I could not tell you a single thing about it. That's how entirely forgettable that movie was. I genuinely... Get... And it had Kirstie it... Alley in it. And I still don't remember anything about it.
3: Yeah, it one of his worst. In, in your memory.
0: And Mark Hamill.
2: Jacked up on bricks.
0: Yeah, I thought Mark Hamill. But again, I still couldn't even remember. That's how bad it was. It was a mm, film with him. Uh-huh. In, I don't even remember if he was or not.
2: Um, I think he plays vicar, doesn't he? Don't
0: know.
2: Oh Marcus Garman's role. Yeah. Yeah. Professor Scarman
1: It looks like they've um, they've changed their eyes, they're glowing red. I suppose they can easily do that in black and white.
3: Yeah. Apparently, and I'm I wasn't sure. Apparently there are the 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 English print, because I think we've all watched the American one. Yeah. If we've all seen the glowing eyes. Hmm. But I don't think
2: the English print has the glowing eyes. No, it was censored out.
0: What? It was too scary. Was too scary.
2: Oh, Too scary. scary. The actual effect is they clamped the kids' heads so they didn't move. So they could take... Because hmm. there's, you notice, there's a shot when the kid is actually still talking and his eyes glow. They used a rig to clamp his head so he couldn't move. And just for those isolated spots, they turned the film negative. So that, that's how they did it. And have you noticed a lot of the shots, they're static steel shots and mm. they just use a, another process. But, yeah, a lot of the kids also during their, when they're talking to camera, without their eyes changing, they clamped their heads so that they had this unearthly n- non-moving body thing. Yeah,
1: definitely worked.
0: Yeah.
3: They were, I, yeah. I, also heard they, I also read that they padded the wigs out. To make, yeah. to give them an unusual them larger. Structure. But I think it just yeah. makes them look like they've bought shit wigs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jennifer I'm said f- that. She was like, yeah. they must have loads <laughs> of hair under them wigs because they're not sticking to their head. They're right up in the <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> Unfortunately, it was deliberate. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, the, also, also, we were saying about the kid who played David. Apparently, he lost his dad about three weeks before he started filming this.
2: Mm. Yeah. No way, really? And you're like, fucking hell, you
3: know, to give any sort of a performance, but yeah, to actually like you say, to be and, and very well. I mean, obviously he's dumped yeah. by uh by a woman, but that's common that was always common practice with kids in films most of the time anyway, unless it was specifically a kid's film. But um yeah. Always, I mean, and that when I read like... that I was like, fucking hell, you know, that's that's a fucking...
2: There's also apparently two signs in the beginning of the film. Like, when the car crashes at the beginning, there's a Beware the Children sign. And also when they're going through the village doing the Geiger countering, there's mm-hmm. also a sign that says Beware the Children. And they weren't part of the original set dressing. They were deliberately brought in as a little nod to what's going to be happening. Ah.
3: Oh, so they're, they're, yeah, they're just the sort of, like, School crossing signs, aren't they?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Like but they were in, in as children. Eggs, so mm. nice. Yeah, I um, I, I've got to say this film. I, I know it's a shorter film. It's what is it? Hour twenty. Um, I was saying just before we started recording this evening. Um, it, it, I mean, I absolutely loved this film, and I hadn't seen it in a long time. I'd forgotten just how good it was. But it flew by so quickly. I was I was saying, Jennifer and I sat down to watch it, uh, and, and we did put it on a bit late on like a midweek evening. Um, yeah, and Jennifer said, oh, you, we're going to have to stop it here and watch the rest of it tomorrow because I'm just too tired. And I was like, There's, when I went to pause it, there was five minutes left. And I was like, we can't have watched an hour and a quarter of this film. It's so good and so well-paced. It, rock, it feels like an episode of The Twilight Zone. Like, it just... Mm. Rockets along yeah. Which is the exact Opposite Of the follow up I tried last night uh, To watch Children of the Damned And I watched mm. Half of it And was Absolutely Bored to tears um, The two main guys Performances in it uh, It's worth Mentioning them Because I say They're amazing uh, It's Ian Hendry uh, And Alan Babel Alan Babel? Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah Yeah Absolutely amazing, um, but, yeah, the story and the scripts they were working with was dire. It's so slow-moving, and the children just look like normal children, which, as you were saying, Adam, like, uh, where? Well, sorry, like, if you wanted to fit in and not notice, yeah, then you'd tone down your massive blonde hair and your scary eyes. Mm. Um Put your big head under that. <laughs> yeah. Because isn't, he's he's-
3: Am I remembering it rightly? Because I mean, I, I I I've got the double, but as you say, I I don't have great I don't have a great regard for children uh, for um children of the damned. I don't have a great regard for children, but I don't have a great regard for children of the damned. And um, yeah, but isn't it that it's not even that they, they might be like they're essentially like a human mutation. Like, they sort mm. of do it that it's like they're Not the next leap. Yeah, that it's like the next stage in human evolution well,
0: that's or something. What I
2: haven't seen it
3: in is years. That, I wouldn't know.
0: discussing. But as I say, <laughs> I didn't make it to the end. So I thought it might turn out that that was just a theory and it was aliens. No, yeah, I think I that's what they go with. I yeah, I watched 45 like, oh, minutes and I was like, this is so boring. I'm going to... Oh, which is another thing I forgot to mention. That I watched on the rewatch. I'm um, two episodes, because that was so shit, uh, into watching the Timothy Spall Enfield Haunting TV show again. Oh, uh, Maroon, that's great. Which is not shit and is extremely good uh, and yeah. is well worth watching. So don't watch Children of the Damned. Watch village of the Damned and then go and watch uh, Enfield Haunting. And make and make, make a
2: yeah. <laughs> cup
3: um,
0: of a tea in between. Yeah.
3: sandwich some variety. a between they sit saying and just sit there saying to yourself, I had hemorrhage
2: in a chair. (laughs) Yeah. I might might even have a poo in between. Who knows? (laughs) It's a pooter geist. Um, (laughs) But maybe shit yourself.
0: But, yeah, I mean, Village of the Damned is just... I mean, it's a classic for a reason. Uh, Mm. But the thing that did keep resonating in my mind is they covered it in the bloodening... It was the it, at this in one of the Simpsons episodes. Yes, they went to the drive-in and they actually made like a full. I, I, I might be misremembering it. I didn't intend to Google it, and then I ended up decorating and ran out of time. But I'm pretty sure there's like a couple of minutes mini film in one of the Simpsons episodes. It wasn't like a Treehouse of Horror. It was just in one of the episodes. Yeah, no, and they show it, yeah. and um, yeah, and it's. It's the mock-up of this, effectively, but going on in Springfield at the driving. So yeah, because
3: uh, that's, that's what Claire Claire just gave the, the South Park mantra. Oh, Simpsons did it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> the um, I did one thing. I mean, like I say, there is a part of me that thinks I would really like to because there's a line, and it's always stuck with me because there's a line in Cracker when his wife is in it and it's when she's pregnant and she talks about the midwitch cuckoos and she says, only a man could write that and say it was bloody science fiction. <laughs> and it was sort of like, because it's the, and you know, there is, it, the book does have a bit more of the sort of the internal horror of like within the relationships within the village. Cause that's the thing is in a weird way, at least everyone's in this, and this is a phrase that we've been hearing a lot from fuckers passing us in a fucking big gold yacht, but it's nice to all be in the same boat, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but at least, you know, that that sort of would be, a, that's like a tempering factor. Mm. But there's a real, the the start, like the sort of earlier portions of the book is really sort of, you get stuff in there because there's a lesbian couple in it. And one of them falls pregnant, mm. and and as well as sort of like like there's one guy, the, the guy who returns from the mm. uh, like returns from uh, being at sea and finds his wife pregnant. The one who eventually goes after him with a shotgun. Mm.
0: Uh,
3: he um, in the book, I think he goes and kills a man who was found outside their house. Mm. Because that's the only assumption he can make is that it's like, yeah. Well, you, you, what were you doing outside my house when everyone was found after everyone went unconscious? You were outside my house. What were you doing?
1: Yeah. And so he goes and kills him. There's an explanation like, you could mm. logically come to,
3: and it's it is. Uh, but I mean, I think that, and especially I think the accelerated growth thing as well. Because mm. again, I was, I was like, so Claire, there's a former seriously pregnant woman. Um you know and but there's one thing that Claire mentioned is that there's sort of stuff like just having all your insides pushed out, yeah it's you know because I was like right. yeah well, this is the thing is I think there is I would like to see if someone did remake this, I would like to see them do the flip side, do the female side of it f- from almost like a body horror perspective, yeah. Mm. Because you know, because that's the one thing that the book doesn't deal with, is that essentially that although it mentions it, the psychological scarring, and it doesn't really it doesn't really tackle it with every with anyone, you know. There's that's but I would like to see maybe go down more that path of what it almost like the Alan Moore watchman thing of right, so let's apply this and then try and do it realistically.
0: Mm.
3: And i mean it probably is realistic for 1957 or 1960 but i think yeah it would be uh, it's an interesting one to look at just purely from that psychological point of view i mean even down to the bit where um zelebys like sort of like they say oh well he's well the one thing i can say is definitely not my child you know because he knows that it is nothing to do with him yeah It's, it's his wife's child and that's that's another thing that comes out in the book is that it's very much that the children up until the point they can defend themselves, the children rely on particularly the mothers to look after them Mm. in the sense of protecting them. And even though there is the element of these are, you know, these, these are cuckoos. These are, you know, I've been, knocked unconscious, artificially inseminated, essentially raped and there's a pregnancy of it but still the mother's immediate sort of love to the child is there. It's
1: it's arguably a very good idea for any aliens listening. I I (laughs) (laughs) taking over.
3: Well, I mean, mean, this is the thing. This led me down a fucking obsessive path about brood uh, parasitism. No. Um, and that's what a cuckoo is. It's a it's, they call it a brood parasite. Um, basically, any organism that manipulates others to raise their young. Um, ah. as a practice, it appears among birds, insects, and fish. Um, and most avian brood parasites are specialists. So, cuckoos target a specific or small associated group of species, usually by producing similarly colored eggs or similarly patterned eggs, so that they won't stand out particularly if they're added to the net, the the host's nest. Um, Then the 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 chick when hatched competes with the host's own for food and attention. Some kill their siblings, like actually (laughs) kill the, the, the host's young to ensure that they um, survive. And, among reasons why the host maintains the parasite chick, even when it's obviously not of the same species, because you see, like a cuckoo chick is huge, mm. but yeah. like there's a bird called the Dunnock, which they regularly sort of parasite from. And they are like, as a chick, they're twice the size of the parent. Oh god. Mm-hmm. But the but the parent keeps feeding it, um, because there's something, what, what is it they called it, the Mafia scenario, where basically rejected chicks, the parents then, sh- the original parents then show up and fuck your nest up and kill all your ki- chicks. Oh, God. So so they think that there's almost like some sort of basic protection racket sort of feeling with it, where it's like, well, we've got to look after this, otherwise we genuinely get, we, we're going to get fucked up.
2: God. You know, it's and funny, it's isn't
1: just, it? Something like this, it does make you think, you mm. know, humans do bad things, but clearly all animals have oh, elements yes. of Na- nature what would consider figurative. evil. Yeah. Mm. But but it's,
3: but it's, it's if bad. it's a human did it's that, like...
1: that's pretty awful.
3: Well, it's like those, it's like those spores that bury themselves in ants' mm. heads, send yeah. them mad, send them up the fucking pole and then grow out of their skull. You know, yeah. nature is horrific. Yeah. And this is, this is something that I was, um, this this is the I don't know why I find this really disturbing. Cuckoo chicks can also impersonate the sound of a group of the hosts' chicks. So you get one chick and it can do multiple voices. So it sounds like four chicks. Wow. Like asking for food. And the parent sort of tends to feed oh, them because. Things. Yeah, they're feeding mm. them like double helpings and the rest of them are fucking starving to death because they're not competing. Wow. But, and this is something that came up quite parallel to me looking at this, but I didn't realise it was actually part of the same thing. There's an interesting thing that's happening with some birds that are the subject of uh, brood parasitism, like the hosts, that chicks are basically coming out with a QR code when they open their mouths, they've got like a pattern that is absolutely unique that the parent can recognise. <laughs> so essentially, it's like a QR code. It's just like a series of spots but the parent knows, that's my chip and feeds it. Wow. And so the cuckoo doesn't have it, so they know not to feed not that. one. feed it.
0: Mm. Yeah. They, that evolution is just staggeringly interesting. Mm. It really is the way that things develop like that it, it, it mm. yeah amazing
3: but i think yeah and i think i i like that i like the term because i think that's something probably why it is village of the dam rather than which cuckoos because i think the book does have much more of that that element of the kids praying on
2: i'm just a little baby yeah i'm
1: just well, a little exactly, baby look after
2: me. It's actively explained in the book, you know, the, the mm. connection between them and Cuckoo's. Another good version of this story is the uh, BBC dramatisation with Bill Nighy.
3: Oh, the radio the one.
2: Yeah, mm. that's, that's really good and close to the book. Yeah. and Expanded on as well slightly.
3: Yeah, because BBC Radio went through a phase where they were doing lots of John Wyndham and they did a really good version of The Crack and Wakes as well.
2: Oh, and The Triffids um, is brilliant as well.
3: Mm. Although the TV series for me is is always the is always the go to. I was the yeah. first did person it, it, <laughs> to be stuck
2: by a <laughs> Didn't John Wyndham also do another short, which I think Fear on Ford did about the spaceship and all the survival? survival yeah, events. I think that's him. Yeah, yeah that was him. Yeah, yeah. that was that's fucking bleak. <laughs>
0: Again, a cozy,
3: catas- cozy catastrophes until you eat every the people who are coming and rescue you. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, <laughs> But um, and there's I think there's more kids in the book because in the film there's only like sort of twelve of them or something like that. But in I the book there's, there's like sixty. Oh yeah, sixty uh, or ninety. Yeah, It's six is sixty-one, including David. I think that's the and which again as a mob oh, <coughs> much more terrifying. Yeah, yeah. actually that one bit when they when um when the Major goes to see them and, like, the, you know, it accuses them of killing the uh, guy in the car. Was it the guy in the car yeah. or was it the guy with the shotgun? No, it's the guy in the car. And when he goes in there, they shoot it brilliantly from such a high angle. Mm. And the kids just sort of shuffle more and more and more towards him. And it really, because he's quite, because that actor's really tall. And if they'd have shot it a different way, no matter what happens, you just think, oh, give them a thick ear.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's
3: like punch them in the face. <laughs> but the sort of angle of it and everything, mm. you realise, you know, quite how, like you say, intimidating they uh, they managed to make them. It's really, yeah. yeah.
0: It's like especially with a group of them as well, because that's the that was the other thing that um... Again, which now makes even less sense with the the follow up, Children of the Dam, was that uh, I think there was eight of them or so, but everyone was from a different nation, mm. but they all happened to be in London. I don't know. Oh, right. isn't it? I think they brought them all together because they, mm. it was part of a thick <coughs> Excuse me. And it, yeah, it, it, again, if it was like this, where it was an insemination thing and they said, OK, well, we'll put one on every continent or whatever. That mm. makes sense. But if the idea is that they just they all just happen to have evolved this next step of evolution and one happens to have been born to every nation. <coughs> yeah, that's mm. even more ridiculous than uh, than aliens.
3: Well, I, I think also it's. There's there's the germ of a good idea there, because, like you said, you wouldn't want to necessarily reveal yourselves. And wouldn't it be interesting if the, you create almost like a gestalt critical mass mm. where they're like, no. oh, we're going to study these children, so we'll bring them all together in a room. And then it's like, well, that was bad news, because anything up more than fucking six of them, the cunts can rip your brain wide open and yeah. fill it full of snot. You know? <laughs> and it's, yeah... It is a sort of because I like that bit as well where and it's wonderfully sort of like judgmental <laughs> when they're talking about the other ones that have come up. Like they've they've noted and it's like Australia, but all the kids died because they think something went wrong. Mm. Um then it's Canada and like sort of I think it's like um uh, yeah, like a, a tribe in Canada, or what was it? It's bloody. That's it. Yeah, it comes back to me every time.
0: Um, I yeah, the Can- it's, yeah that's
3: it. It's a village of Indigenous Canadians who killed the children because they know they're nothing to do with them. Yeah. So immediate. So immediate. It's like, well, they would do that, wouldn't they? Um, <laughs> uh, then the Australian one where they all die. And then a Mongolian village where they kill the children and the mothers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like fucking hell, mate. You know, this is it's again. And then the one, but the one I really like is that. Then it's like, oh, and there are reports of a similar occurrence in a village in Russia. And then the next thing, it's like, oh yeah, the Russians accidentally set off a rocket, destroyed that entire village, and everyone. Was there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they are all And I'll late. be on it. End of story. Uh,
3: and I'll be honest, at that point, I thought, yeah, that kind of rings true. So, <laughs> you know, it was just Putin would be there, you know, and he's like, yeah, well, it was an accident, wasn't it? Well, what can you do? Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the one thing I would say as well is the enjoyment I get from this of the sort of, the aesthetic and the way things are played. And also that sort of, it is literally the almost cut into the quick of everything I've been saying about, oh, well, you know, it'd be nice if they put this in, or you could do that in a remake, or there could be that approach or whatever like that. There is a marvelous simplicity to this film that it's like, we've got a problem and it's really clever children. What are we going to do about it? <laughs> and do you know what I mean? That's, that's, that feels like, well, actually, I suppose that is the most practical Use of resources, but it's like, right? So, what what is this actual problem, and how do we solve that? Okay, yeah. And I have to say, if you're enjoying this, um, Chris and uh, Lee, if you've if you enjoy this in terms of the aesthetic and the way it's done and everything, Mm. definitely try checking out the BBC Quatermass because Mm. it's basically six It's six episodes, so it's not stupid long. But it is basically quite a mess in the pit, but filmed like Village of the Damned.
0: Oh, okay. It,
3: rather, rather than how the Hammer one works. Yeah.
0: Oh, again, it's actually, much more of
3: this. Mm.
0: Yes, and to link into that again, I've just realised. Yeah, of course, Barbara Shelley was in quite a mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, see, so it's all come full circle. It, there's bits in the quite a mess
2: that are a lot more sinister and creepy. I mean, mm. the bit the bit where the engineer is drilled, uh, he's running through the churchyard. That's much creepier, in my opinion, in the BBC one than it was in yeah. the Hammer Horror.
3: There's a well. There's a lot of weirdness, and also you get stuff like in that Colonel Breen is um, not Colonel Mean. Our ideas, man. Boom, boom. I like that joke,
2: <laughs> and we've
3: we've all seen quite a mess, so it's, it, I can use it. Um, but um, yeah, Colonel Breen in the BBC one is like a real crusty old melted sort of general.
0: Yeah.
3: Rather than, rather than Julian Glover coming in and being like the sort of dashing army man, yeah, Colonel yeah. Green is just a miserable old git with a stick and a moustache. spends <laughs> most of his time It's unbelievable. Yeah. Right. Out, right, right gets right out of his pram, you know. I'm going to I'm gonna have to talk about George. Sand, uh, George Sanders just because a fucking incredible voice yeah mm. um, and like I said when I said to Claire oh it's can Khan I was like, of course it fucking is it just, <laughs> no. but I mean I do love that bit I mean that that's the that's what I hope my job will be one day just to be walking up and down and musing to myself and it's like you know strange Eyes was it? it's the, strange Eyes Arresting eyes.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs>
3: unusual hair follicles and narrow fingernails. Mm. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, just, that's what I want. That's the job I want. I want to be going, hmm, arresting eyes, change hair follicles. The nails thing, I really don't get. I don't know why it's there. I don't know why it's there in the book. And I don't know why it's there in the film because they don't do anything with it. And they don't they just go well. We're gonna show a close up of everyone's head. Don't be silly. We are kind of fool to make tiny nails for people. Besides, which whatever size your child's nail is, they are fucking vicious. <laughs> Chris, you can attest to this, you would just end up walking around like a human paper cut. <laughs> just like just like scimitars yeah. coming out. It's of them. surprising how sharp. yeah. Yes, it really is. You sit there and you suddenly break the sound barrier. It's like, ooh, bastard, cut your toes. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so, obviously, um, George Sanders' Psychomania, The Rebel shot in the dark. Um, But Mr. Freeze in Batman, which is with a wonderfully glorious, gurgly German accent, (laughs) Um. But uh yeah, uh, George Sanders uh, didn't have he didn't have an amazing life or anything. But I I've always been fascinated because he killed himself, and yeah. I've always oh, been fascinated really? his suicide note. Dear world, I'm leaving because I am bored. I feel I have lived long enough. I am leaving you now with your worries in this sweet cesspool. Good luck. Let's not <laughs> fuck it. Wow. What? Elegant, George, but Jesus Christ, mate. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I mean, I think one of the main contributing factors is that he was really concerned because he'd been diagnosed with dementia. Ah, so, And he was starting to really, because he was, he'd been married, he'd been married loads of times, and his marriage went, basically the year before he killed himself, his his fourth marriage went down the tubes, his third wife died, his brother died, his mother died. He was boozing and then he got told he was gonna he was developing dementia. And I think it it's was just of, like a
1: bit of a combination that. Yeah. It is. I mean it's a hell of a fucking,
3: yeah. It's a hell of a story. It's one of the that is one of those ones where you just go, Oh, you poor bastard and I'll get the
1: rears. He, so, he was also born in Russia, it looks like.
3: <laughs> very pro, very possibly. He seems to come, he comes from a posh in us family. You know what I mean? It's, either that or it's gonna be one of those vivstantial ones where it's like, do you mean he's from Dagnum? <laughs>
0: Don't <be fucking> <laughs> yeah, oh no, that's terrible. But yeah, I mean... It, yeah, it is, it
3: really it, is. But he was... The
0: thing, I mean... Yeah, I mean, with dementia, as you say, once you start doing... If you're at that point in your life and you are pretty much on your own, yeah, mm. it's only going to go downhill with nobody to look after you. That's awful.
3: I, I, I think it's something also that is very... I I think there's a commonality where it's um, a worry of actors and stuff like that is that basically there's no retirement scheme or there's no, you know, pension that goes with it or anything else like that. And essentially once you stop being able to do it, you are fucked. Yeah. It's quite the sad sad mm. story
2: of Terry Thomas, isn't it? Really? I was going to say Terry Mm. Thomas. Yeah. Same thing.
0: Absolutely awful.
2: So yeah, so I thought I thought I'd, I
3: thought I'd drop that into towards the end, really bring the mood down. So <laughs> just I'll be I'll be honest, I just wanted to read a suicide note, as sheer can't.
0: Yeah.
2: So. Mm. <laughs> 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 now do it as this. <laughs> what what was
3: the Star Wars connection?
1: Uh, the fact they could use the Jedi mind trick to make you drive into uh, walls. Uh, Nothing
3: so
1: was, I'm going through my list. I'm ever? going.
3: To, I don't recognise. Not the one who played the Doctor. No, he played like that. <laughs> no, no, it was that one. Then. No, I
2: was oh, doing the pers-
3: same. <laughs> another, per- another person I spotted in this is you know the little boy who steals the um Chinese uh, the uh, Chinese puzzle box off his damned mm-hmm. brother
0: yeah brother
3: or half brother or whatever. Um, yeah, that kid is. In Psychomania and Blood on Satan's Claw as a uh, annoying ginger tearaway. I oh, really? uh, mean, and me and Claire have been watching Blood on Satan's Claw with the um, League of Gentlemen commentary. Ah, oh, yes. And they're obsessed with him because obviously it's like, oh yeah, because he looks fifteen, going on thirty.
2: Um,
3: but also, I mean, and I don't know, what, it... I don't know what he's done to Reece Shearsmith, but Reece Shearsmith is sort of sitting there going. That's the one, look, him in the front there,
2: the ginger one. Oh, I hit him, he's a pig. <laughs> isn't it also that scene, I think it's that scene where there's two children, blonde-haired children, and they're actually <laughs> played by the same person. And it's mm. because one's, one's, bit, one's with the one, one person, and then it cuts away and you see the other one. It's actually one kid, they just swap the wigs.
3: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's quick enough, isn't it? Mm. actually there were two there were two twins in there um, like two of the kids are twins and one of them um, they, they're they both in the Elephant Man playing Siamese twins like the David Lynch Elephant Man but then yeah. one of them because they did like sort of as twins like as child actresses they sort of like had appearances and stuff like carry on films and things like that and now one of them is just doing loads of horror films lately and she she's in um, oh, what's the, fi- the, the film we watched at South End, like Horror on Sea once? Cute Little Buggers? yeah.
0: The Rabbits yeah, one? Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, one of the twin girls from Village of the Damned is in that, in now what is probably her 70s.
2: Oh, right. Or whatever. <laughs> is there, there's, there's, only, there's only one kid in the first film who's made it to the second film, I think.
0: Oh, yes, I remember rightly. Yeah, there's
2: it's
0: only the, one of them.
3: Because you only see one... Because they're, they're, you see them all as school children, and But you also see David... Like, uh, there's a much younger kid playing David very early on who's the one who makes Barbara Shelley stick her hand in the boiling water. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Which, again, just so it's so horrific. And it's, again, it's that there's the, there's the, another aspect of it that really, you know, someone can pick into or someone could go into. It's just that you've all, that everything about it is like a loss of control. Cause obviously the entire village is wiped out. All the women are pregnant. There's nothing anyone can do about it. And then when the kids grow up, there's nothing you can do about the kids. Yeah. Because they can literally fuck you up. And you know, they, they really can do you some damage. And it's a very terrifying, um, it's a very terrifying, insidious thing all around, I think.
0: I think you're right. And I think that you are right. It's kind of, it's mentioned in this, so it plays on your mind in the background, but they don't make such a massive thing. That yeah, mm. It's obviously the disruption between all the couples, because although once they work out that the women haven't, cheated on them and it's Mm -hmm. happened to all of them and therefore it is still that thing of you're carrying something inside you and we until you give birth we don't know what it is like it you've seen the x-rays but you've no idea what they're going to look like when they come out yeah like that psychological thing of all that's a shortened pregnancy that time of a couple being together and just going i don't know what's going to happen when Are you going to give birth normally? Is it just going to rip its way out of you? Is it going to burst out your stomach like a like they have? It reminds me of V. V. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: remember the the two babies?
0: Yeah,
1: that 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 hit hard when I first saw that. I was I was (laughs) pretty young. That was probably yeah an early horror type moment. I think.
3: Yeah, you might might have been a bit young for V. I
0: think. (laughs) <laughs> i've got that here i need to re-watch it all like i've got it queued up i, I loved to... it It
1: was uh.
3: when i was a kid i was trying to be i was trying to obviously not show other kids that i was scared or anything like that so they were watching v and i was saying yeah i'm watching v as well <laughs> and then it'd be like well should we play v in the in the in the, in the playground yeah and then it's like all right who do you want to be and i was like well, obviously, I want to be the baddies. so I was like, "Well, I'll be the leader of the, uh, I'll be the leader of the aliens," not realizing that it was a woman,
2: <laughs> <They're> Diana.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, well, yeah, not really realizing because I hadn't watched it, so you know, I didn't know that. And they were all like, "Oh, you were that there? All right, okay, yeah, yeah." Not one of them fuckers told me that whole <laughs> fucking playtime, bastards. I was alright <laughs> with it because
2: I been desensitised a long time ago to things that were scary so
3: I, I seem to remember I think it was just literally that my parents were like we just don't want you up late fuck off yeah. <laughs> you know I think, I think there was the sort of thing of that what I was told was it would be far too scary for you you know you definitely won't like it it'll give you nightmares it'll be horrible you know you really won't want to see it and I think even to the point that my dad felt sorry for me so it was like I'll show you the good bits, which didn't <laughs> help, because yeah. all the good bits were someone eating a rat. Mm,
2: yeah, you so. know,
3: like the the green baby in the fucking incubator mm. and everything else like that. It was basically all the bits that were like, "Fuck me, this must be horrendous." And <laughs> oh, so, yeah, so I think my dad sort of felt sorry for me, but only reinforced my mum's stance that it was probably going to be too scary for me. So. <laughs> So I didn't watch I went- B properly, like at, certainly the first time around when it was like the mini series or whatever. I think I'd seen it then by the time that it was a regular thing or whatever.
2: Yeah. I think with me, with all my uncles and that, it was a case of this was mm. really quite mild compared to stuff yeah. I'd already been <laughs> subjected to. Well, not subjected <laughs> to. I enjoyed it all. So, I mean, there's, I've, I've had this discussion with Adam before about. Um, the influence in certain early films we've watched in in respect of women we like and women we've married. (laughs) And that's because I'm a horror influence, you know, and, you know, because of being kids that you're attracted to the certain things. But yeah, it's the same with horror. You know, we we have got this aesthetic of horror that we like because of what we were exposed to at an early age.
0: So, uh, yeah, so thanks very much for joining us, Wes. Uh, Thank you very much for for bringing this film as well. It's, uh, yeah, excellent.
1: Yeah, Um, fantastic suggestion.
0: Yeah, uh, and again, it has reminded us of so many films that are on our list that we do need to get to, like (laughs) The Innocence and things. So, uh, yeah, plenty more in this vein, still upcoming. Um, For the next episode, as mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to cover Psycho Gorman. Which is on Netflix or Shudder? I think it might be
3: on Shudder. I'm okay. not sure. Mm. I have got the Hunky Boy Blu ray. <laughs> uh, and, and if you've watched far enough, you'll know why, what a Hunky Boy Blu ray means. So
0: let me uh, just, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, check out Psycho Gorman. Uh, check out all of the myriad of things that we've said we watched that were excellent. Yep. Uh, go and marry yourself a woman who looks like she was in Hammer Horror movies. And we will. Oh, next week uh, we will not be here. Um, we are having a week off next week. Are we going to elaborate? Oh, yes,
3: yes, yeah. No, please, please, yes. I, I am going to do exactly as you instructed, Lee, and uh, marry a hammer glamour lady.
0: Yay, Adam's getting married. Oh, excellent. Um, so yes. So uh, yeah, finally, so,
3: after we were meant to get married at Christmas,
0: but Boris Johnson fucked that up for us. So <laughs> kill kill him in my name. Uh, uh, so all the best on the wedding. Uh everyone well, here, obviously, at Welcome to Horror. Uh yeah. Send our yeah. love and hope you have a fantastic time. Uh and we will be back the following week for Psycho Gorman, and then the week after that will be um uh, the Moss Eisley Happy Hour. Uh, what are we doing next? Oh,
3: the Mandalorian.
0: The Mandalorian. Mm. Ah. Yeah. Also, a good time to mention it. I say we. Uh, due to scheduling busyness and chaos and things, um, I unfortunately have have become a bit tighter on time recently. Um, so I shall be stepping down and relinquishing my seat on the Moss Eisley Happy Hour. Uh, and leaving it to these three wonderful gentlemen. Uh, and they won't have their corner dunce with them, unfortunately, for the rest of the series. But I, I will be listening and cheering them on from afar, as I'm sure the rest of our listeners will be. Um, Hopefully,
1: we can do you proud. Yes. Yes.
0: I'll
3: and, I'll and, on be-
0: oh,
1: <laughs>
3: and on behalf of the Moss always be happy, oh, I, I, I may the force be with you always. Ooh. I don't Aww. know why, Donald Pleasant did it,
0: but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm tearing up. Right, anyway, but, yeah. So, congratulations in advance, guys, for the wedding, and uh, we will see you all in two weeks' time. No, no, no. Thanks Bye. again, guys. Cheers.